Hey, everyone. It's Vanessa, and I'm here to talk to you about Noom. Noom is a personalized weight loss plan. It's not just one size fits all. It takes into account your dietary restrictions, your medical issues, and any other personal needs. It's like a psychology plan. Just it meets you where you are. And it also recognizes that losing weight is really a mental process. It starts with your motivation and with your brain. Noom's approach is also grounded in science. They've published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles that describe their methods and effectiveness. So stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. You can sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes. It's available to buy now wherever books are sold. Campsite Media. From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Infamous, and I'm Vanessa Gregoriadis. I'm Gabe Sherman, and this is part two of a three-part series, Retail Revenge. Um, where did we leave off in the story last time? So Chris Birch thought that Tori was cute as a button, and they got married. They had a few kids together, but after some years, their marriage started to sour. So then what the hell happened? So have you ever heard the one about the flower and the gardener? might sound like a British period movie with Helen Mirren, but it's actually a theory about relationships. According to this theory, in every relationship, one person is the flower and one person is the gardener. That means one person's a caretaker who's carefully tending to the flower's needs. And the other person is just a beautiful rose that's blooming, just the eye-catching center of attention. It's actually quite true when you start looking at it. And it means that, in terms of Chris and Tori Birch, there was obviously a problem. Because they both seem to be flowers. She's this cool girl who everybody wants to be like. And then Chris is brash and buccaneering. He's like a bright yellow snapdragon. These two flowers are very different. They have very different needs, and they behave differently. And that proved to be true of Tori and Chris when I began my reporting. Tori Birch to me is like one of the like unknowable characters of New York City. That's Jessica Pressler. She wrote a big piece about the Birches for New York Magazine. But you might be more familiar with her Hollywood stories. If you saw the J-Lo movie Hustlers or the Anna Delvey series Inventing Anna on Netflix, you know something about Jessica Pressler because her articles inspired both of them. Hi, Anna. I just had some questions. I have a question. What's you wearing? You look poor. I'm Jessica Pressler, and I wrote a story about Corey Birch and her ex-husband, Chris Birch. So Jessica set out to report on the Birches. So I didn't speak to Tori, um, or, or I didn't participate in the, in the story. But there were emissaries were sent from the land of Tori Birch. I love this sweater. It's a new shape for us. You can layer it. What a fun way to just tie in a whole outfit quickly. She's like a perfectly put together outfit, right? She was just this like kind of glossy, like lacquered human being. And he was kind of just like Linus with like lint trailing off of him a little bit. He, he's kind of like a little bit absent-minded, I think. Or maybe it was that he was wearing his shoes on the wrong feet. 
There's something about Tory Burch that's so frustrating in the way that Meghan Markle is frustrating, where it's like every single statement is kerned to be the exact perfect messaging machine. But if Tory is like Meghan Markle, does that mean that Chris is sort of Prince Harry? I don't even know if the guy drinks, but there's just something a little last guy at the bar about him. A little Jimmy Buffett. Here's Michael Schneerson again, who wrote about Tory for Vanity Fair. When he sat down, he would talk to you about sort of personal things. It was that phrase, TMI, you know, too much information. In other words, while Tory was cool, polished, and always put together, Chris was unrefined. The universal truth is very few products are meant for men. Don't waste your time. Most products are meant for women because they want to be noticed and they want to be told they're pretty. Women just want to be told they're pretty. I mean, this is not something Tori would ever say, at least not out loud. Now, we don't know a ton of the details of their divorce straight from the horse's mouth, but there's something in here about the way they were so different that is the real problem. More after the break. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS's weird Lord of the Flies-style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town. To The Swan, where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. It all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. Hey, it's Payne, and I'm here to tell you that we're back with a brand new season of Up and Vanished, called Up and Vanished in the Midnight Sun. In this newest season of Up and Vanished, I'm investigating an unsolved missing persons case in Nome, Alaska, on the edge of the Arctic Circle. Florence Okpialik, an Alaska native, was last seen on August 31st, 2020, and I've spent the last year in Alaska trying to find out what happened to her, putting myself in the most dangerous positions I've ever been in. You don't want to miss this brand new season of Up and Vanished. It is by far the most intense investigation I've ever been a part of. From Tenderfoot TV, Up and Vanished in the Midnight Sun is available right now. Listen for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Infamous from Campside Media. Whoever they really were under the surface, it just seems like Chris and Tori had different values, especially when it came to the company. The fashion label was about accessible luxury. Tori wanted to put the emphasis on the luxury part, but it seems like Chris didn't really care about luxury or even quality fashion. And remember, they're not just exes. They're tied together 
as business partners. They're like Siamese twins. So in 2006, professionally, Tori is having a fantastic year. Hard at work, getting ready for her high-profile runway show during New York's upcoming Fashion Week. Her clothes are flying off the shelves. She's still a social darling. She's making those regular appearances at New York Society galas. But behind the velvet curtains, she and Chris are bumping heads. And there's a meeting at Tori Birch's offices in Manhattan. From what I read, Chris is in a conference room with a bunch of Tori Birch execs. And Tori herself could be, perhaps, sitting at the head of the table. She's got that aquiline profile, her prim smile. Perhaps she has her honey blonde hair tucked behind an ear, her tanned arms folded across her chest. Maybe Chris's blue eyes are twinkling. He's got a treat to show everyone in this office. So he pulls out a shoe, and it looks exactly like the best-selling Riva ballet flat. It has that slim sole, the round toe, the big silver dollar logo on the top. But as Tori looks closer, perhaps she realizes something. It's cheap. And there's Chris, talking up the shoe in his blustering way. But this shoe isn't leather. It's plastic. No wonder it was so much cheaper. The Tory Burch team may be indignant. This brand stands for affordable luxury, but they put equal emphasis on both words. Tory Burch is not going to sell cheap plastic shoes. If there's product out there with my name on it, it's me, so I want it to be good. We're very different. Too different. The marriage can't last. She's filing for divorce. Chris should now step aside. It doesn't give you the right to control her for the rest of your life. Tori is not happy. Oh, it was incredibly hard. We have six children together that we love. And then, of course, going through it publicly was not fun. (laughs) Now, wasps like to be private. They only want to be in the paper when they're born, when their marriage is announced, and when they die. So the public attention around the divorce is devastating for Tori. Tori and Chris do not speak for months. She stays at the Pierre Hotel. He moves to another ritzy Upper East Side hotel called the Carlisle. But then Chris has a health scare that leaves him with partial use of an arm for months. And gradually, the two start to talk on the phone together. We have six kids that we love, and at the end of the day, that's what we both think about. They also keep things civil, obviously, for the sake of the family business. Chris still has a 28% stake in Tory Birch and a seat on the board. Tory doesn't have the cash to buy out this very large stake, and Chris doesn't want to leave. In any business, one plus one equals 100. In 2008, Chris signs a management deal with Tory Birch that pays him a couple million dollars a year. And as part of that deal, he says he consults on branding and sourcing. I went to the factories on an ongoing basis. I, I ran, look, I ran the business okay, mm-hmm. for the first, a long time. Yeah. Okay? Chris flies repeatedly to Asia to meet with suppliers, or at least says he does. So I, because look, you got to understand, Tori did not come out of a business background. Right. She came out of a, 
a marketing yeah, and PR happens. background. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She didn't come out of a business background. She's attained business skills mm -hmm. and she's gotten older and more experienced. Yeah, she definitely attained some skills because she even survives the 2008 financial crisis and the brand just keeps growing. The line is so popular that Tori even makes a cameo on the prep Bible of the time, Gossip Girl. Thank you so much for seeing me on short notice. You came highly recommended by Anna Wintour. I was happy to make the time. Tori Birch had made it, but things were about to take a turn. That's after the break. This is Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Good evening, listener. I'm Steve Taylor, your host to a horror anthology podcast where we ask you to depart from your safe perception of reality to descend with us into the frightening depths and dark corners of twisted imaginations. With carefully curated original tales of terror each week, our deepest rooted fears are brought to the forefront by a diverse cast of voice talent and masterfully eerie sound design that bring these stories to life. We'll give you tales of unnerving encounters with the occult, harrowing hauntings, and sinister seances that show just how darkness knows no bounds. Make sure to check out Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is Meghan Markle like Princess Diana? Or is she just a social climber? I was silent. Were you silent or were you silenced? Is she a breath of fresh air or a master manipulator? That's what we're going to find out on my podcast, Infamous. Apparently, ambition is a terrible, terrible thing. We'll look at what happened when two dysfunctional families came together. It's the family that I suppose she's never had. And how Meghan and Harry going Hollywood all went down. Only on the podcast, Infamous. This is Infamous from Campside Media. So let's skip forward a bit. It's 2009. The ink has dried on the divorce papers. And even though he's only a consultant, Chris still thinks he has a silver bullet for Tory's worldwide domination. What is that silver bullet? It's China. It's cheap stuff. That's what worked for Chris's sweater company, those cheap sweaters from Asia that he turned a profit on quickly. And actually, when I went to visit Chris in Southampton, I remember him pointing out that all the nice waspy furniture he had in there, like the good-looking dressers and impressive mantelpieces and striped this or that, it was all made in China. That's what he said. It wasn't from a Rockefeller estate sale. He had just made it in China, had it shipped over. Anyway, Chris doesn't understand why Tori doesn't want to make a lower-priced brand in China of her own stuff. This is where the money is. She's leaving so much cash on the table. It seems like it's just deeply annoying to him. What I want and what Tori wants has to come together. And in April 2009, in an email to top execs, Chris writes that Tori Birch needs to offer items at lower price points, and it needs to become a mass-market brand. He even brings up the idea of launching a cheaper line at board meetings, which is sort of inappropriate corporate etiquette. But like the plastic Riva flat he made, Tori Birch and her management team brush him off. 
And that's when Chris has a light bulb moment. It's time for him to go. If he can't do a cheaper version of Tory Burch at Tory Burch, perhaps he's going to do it on his own. It's full of color. It's a gorgeous pair of glasses. Look how gorgeous you are. Right. In 2012, Chris launches his own clothing and home goods store. The name of his boutique? Sea Wonder. And Jessica Pressler is there for the launch. In my mind, he was wearing like a smoking jacket, but really it was probably just like a blazer or something like that. Solange Knowles, Beyonce's sister, is spinning on the decks, and Chris gives her a grand tour. There's a black and gold lacquer table that has red and orange leather handbags. There's a geometric green carpet covering the floor. In another corner, she sees an ivory round table laden with pillar candles, blue glassware. Yeah, Sea Wonder was kind of like wasp emporium of delights. <laughs> they had, um, you know, the sweater sets and the brightly colored clothing, the heart-shaped waffle maker, a phone charging station that was shaped like a pig. Um, there were all of these kind of delightful things that, that a certain person might find delightful around the store. They had a lot of products. Almost immediately, Jessica Pressler noticed something. Well, the Sea Wonder logo looked a lot like the Tory Burch logo, except that it was a C. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a, so Tory Burch, I was, uh, you know, she has these two signature colors, that kind of orange, which she calls marmalade, and, and this lime color green, which, which they call peridot for dual. Um, the Tory Burch logo was marmalade, and the Sea Wonder logo was uh, peridot. It was that lime green color. As with Tory Burch, the Sea Wonder logo was everywhere. It was on shoe buckles. It was on buttons. It was on leather clogs. People were noticing this. Here's CBS This Morning with Gail King. Christopher Birch, welcome. Hi, thanks. It's good to have you here. Thanks, Listen, Gail. you know, people could say when they look at the Sea Wonder brand, it looks like he's ripping off Tory Burch. And to that you say... Yes, the same ex-husband who helped her start Tory Burch now appeared to be selling clothes that were a carbon copy of the very things that made Tory famous. The thing is, you can do this in fashion. It's a weird quirk of American law. You can't copy a few bars of music in this country. That's why there are always these big lawsuits between stars and composers who feel like they've knocked off their songs. But you can totally copy any sort of fashion design you want, and U.S. copyright law doesn't have anything to say about it. We didn't have big fashion houses until relatively recently. Like, remember how I said Tori was perhaps the most famous American female designer? Most high-end designers that are popular here are European, Chanel, Prada. And look, a lot of them involve very complicated fashion families. The Versace's. The Pradas, or Father, Son, and House of Gucci. I have never heard of a fashion family where one spouse is accused of copying another spouse. It's like, and I have absolutely no basis to say this in fact, this is just a metaphor, it's sort of like robbing Peter to pay Paul. Because Chris is still invested in Tori's company. So what does Chris have to say for himself about all this? Well, that's the next episode of Infamous. 
They were livid about Team Wonder, and it was unequivocal. New York's nasty $2 billion war of the exes just got nastier. Infamous is executive produced, created, and hosted by Gabriel Sherman and me, Vanessa Gregoriadis. Natalie Rovamed wrote and reported this episode. Our managing producer and editor is Shoshi Shmolovitz. Heather Schraring and I edited this episode, and Grace Herman, Garrett Graham, Rajiv Gola, and Lily Houston-Smith produced. David Devereaux sound designed the episode, and it was recorded by Ewan Lai Tremuin. Some of this reporting appeared in Vanity Fair magazine. Thank you so much. See you next week.